Hello and welcome to another episode of Hues of Love. I give up. I'm your host, Marcus, and I have with me the most beautiful poem ever composed, my wife and co-host, Kisa. Hello. I want to thank you all for supporting us and giving us such good feedback. And something that I was considering was maybe next week we can start reading some of the responses and giving out shout outs. That's a great idea. I like it. I like it too. So please continue to comment and we'd love to hear what things you're doing and things that, that you've heard in the, um, in the episode. So um, please let us know what's going on with you guys. Uh, we'd love to respond to it or it might even give us um, some great topic points to use in the future. That's where I was going. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, and again, if you like what you've heard so far, don't be stingy. <laughs> Share it with a friend. You never know who could benefit. Um, I'm really excited about the next couple of episodes. We have special guests coming your way. I'm so, so excited. Please, please stay tuned. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about our future episodes. But on today's episode, we decided that because we've been married for seven years, it, man, it seems like we just got married yesterday. I can't believe it's already been seven years. But we are going to give you guys seven things that each of us would tell our younger selves about marriage. So to kick it off, Mr. Hughes is going to start on his number one. Okay. My number one is something that I would tell myself, my younger self, is that love is an intentional, deliberate choice that requires your life. Mm. I think... We always hear that, you know, love takes us a lifetime and marriage, you know, is forever and all of those things, but it requires your life. Um, I mean, I knew in scripture that it says that love never fails. And I know from hearing about it and um, seeing the divorce rate that love or not love, I'm sorry, um, that marriage is exceedingly difficult. Right. But. It will cost you being who you are because you're literally taking um, two lives, two people who have um, ways about them that they prefer, personal proclivities that they have lived their entire life up to up until you um, right. living, and so you have to give some of those things up and you have to find a way to braid your life experiences, the things that you like, um, the things that you do and will not do into one world. And so I think the first thing is, is, is that um, there's a lot of things that will come up in marriage that will require you to work together and that means a dying to self because either you're on the giving end of the uh, the offense um, and you have to humble yourself and, you know, really find a way to, to be sincere with it and, and, and then work towards, you know, redeeming yourself and, and not doing whatever that thing was. But, um, you know, any problem or concern that you encounter, you can overcome to, by um, love and communication. And so 
the first thing I said was, you know, the, the loving intentionally being, being intentional about it and knowing that it requires your life. Yeah, that's a great one. And I think that definitely leads into mine, which is crazy because we definitely did these separately, but makes me think that we are one more so than we probably know. Um, because my first one is to be prepared to learn about yourself in ways that you never thought you would. Right. So I would definitely tell my younger self that who I thought I was, um, who I was trying to hold on to be, um, and who I was trying to show the world that I was definitely had to disappear in order to create a successful marriage. And I think one of the things that I discovered, um, during our counseling where I thought it was going to be a lot of talking about us is it was really talking about each one of us individually, you know, and breaking down those past hurts, right. um, breaking down our childhoods, um, things from anything really from your past up into the point that you're married, that is not going to benefit you once you're married. Right. But then once you're married, you still have to go through this process of constantly evaluating yourself um, and constantly figuring out, okay, I responded like this, but why did I respond like this? Yeah. Um, and not blaming your spouse for you being upset, but what about this situation caused me to you know, react and be upset about this? Or why did I handle X, Y, and Z a certain way? Or why do I parent like this? And how do all of these things, do they benefit my marriage or are they to the detriment of my marriage? And if mm -hmm. they're to the detriment of my marriage, how do I change things about myself to better my situation? Um, so yeah, that was something that I didn't realize. And it's something that's ever evolving. And again, even seven years later, I, I think both of us are still daily evaluating ourselves and, you know, adjusting and things like that. So yeah, I did not expect to have to learn so much about myself. Yeah, that is important because, you know, you have to know who you are when right. combining those two lives together. Right. Um, so I, I like that. That That is, that's a good one. Well, thank you. That's so yours. my number two is <laughs> men and women speak different languages and marriage further complicates it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Um, I think that you, it's something like, um, let's say the empty box. I, I, I spoke English and you spoke Spanish and we both passively learned the language because we had to in school. From a distance, you can get by explaining things or you know certain words, but when you're married, I need you to understand in detail. Yeah, that's a good how to speak intelligently with proper syntax um, what it is that you're trying to relay, the message that you're trying to relay, uh, what you're trying to say, questions to ask, all of those things. Right. And I think that. Um, that's a good way to put it. Men and women say things and the way that they say it or the intention in which they said it are different. Right. Women process things very different <laughs> than 
than men do. They fill in gaps where there are no gaps. They read behind something where there is nothing behind it. But I think that the beauty is if you know that and instead of making assumptions, you can um, communicate those things and find a way to communicate effectively. Um, you have to learn your, sp your spouse's language. You know, you have yeah. to, um, when communicating, you also have to learn to speak to your mate and not at them. And I think that that's another thing that comes up in. Um, that's a gem. Hold on. Pause there and say that again. You have to learn how to speak to your mate and not at them. Right. I think sometimes we're so passionate and want to say what we want to say so much that we we're not looking to let them hear what we're saying we just want them we're just to trying to get it out there what we want to feel right but then vice versa sometimes we're hearing it but we're only listening <laughs> to respond so you know you have a lot of things going on there um, but one of the things that one of my mentors told me is that you need to study your spouse and and treat it like an upper level um like grad school um you know, when, when you are 20 years in the game, you should be looking to have like a PhD. Right. And so, you know, and then I, I always don't know where, studying. Yeah. Don't ever stop studying your right. spouse because who you married, like who we, who we were change. when we married seven years ago, we are two completely different people now than we were then. Right. But we still have to succeed in our marriage. So we have to know how to navigate the newness of each other, right? And it, But you wouldn't know the other person is becoming new if you're not studying them constantly right. to figure that out. So, yeah, it's a constant studying of your spouse. Very true. That is so great. What a great comment. Comment. <laughs> what a great... <laughs> um, so for mine, it is the thoughts that I thought were accurate aren't, right? Or weren't in terms of what a marriage even looked like or in terms of what my spouse would be. Um, and so be okay with that and be able to adjust to that. Um, you know, I thought marriage was really like, Oh, I love you and I love you too. So we're going to get married and life's going to be great. Or we're always going to be happy. We might have like tits and tats and stuff like that, but like, it won't be, <laughs> I tried to let it go. <laughs> you did. We're going to edit that part out because, no, yes, we are. Um, but, you know, it wasn't going to be this, like, heavy weight, right? There wasn't going to be this, like, heaviness to marriage. Um, and I think it's because I never really saw the heaviness of marriage. Um, you know, I can think to my grandparents and how solid and strong their marriage was. But now being, you know, a couple years in and, and understanding what marriage looks like, they had to have gone through some things. They just didn't show those things to me, right. you know? And so I think that I would tell my younger self that you are going, expect to go through things, mm -hmm. expect for marriage to be weighty, expect for marriage to be tough, expect for marriage to be a constant, um, maneuvering and adjusting and it almost reminds me of like football when they're when the running back is running and he has to like 
you know, move strategically and he's jumping out of the way of the other guys to get to the end zone. Right. And he's doing all these tricks and all these things so that he can get the ball to the end zone. And I feel like marriage is the same way. It is not a walk in the park. You're not just going to, you know, start at one end and leisurely walk (laughs) to the end zone. Right. There's going to be a lot of obstacles and things in your way. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to navigate those things. Yeah. Because. One of the things I think we have learned is that it doesn't matter if you're in year one, if you're in year seven, if you're year 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, right? There's always going to be something in your marriage that's going, that could potentially cause a problem if you allow it. Um, And so you have to constantly be able to navigate those things. So I would definitely tell my younger self to definitely, you know, to forget the thoughts that I think marriage are and to really study what marriage truly is in a position to learn and be flexible. Correct. So the third thing that I would tell my younger self about marriage is that marriage is your first priority. And for the church folk, the really churchy church folk, it is your first ministry. It is your first (laughs) ministry. Can I piggyback on this one? Let's sit here for a moment. You go. I'm going to jump in. This is great. The first thing is, you know, I think anybody could probably see these, this list and say that they've heard it, but it's just another thing to experience it. So your spouse comes before your children. They come before your parents. They come before your work. They come before your ministry. None of those things will really... You, you won't be able to give your 100% um, and have a successful marriage. Right. It's, it's really going to be, like, marriage is your core. Right. And because God brought you together, I think it's fair to say that that is number one. Understanding that God is a part of your marriage anyway. Right. Which is the three-strand core. He is three-strand core. So, you know, if, if we... If we if we use that as a gimme, your your marriage is your number one priority. Right. Because you're working on yourself and you're working on building your marriage with your spouse through God, Holy Spirit. You know, right. we understand that. But, you know, when your children get older, it's just they're you gonna move, they're going to move out. Right. They're going to start their own families. They're going to do their own thing. When... Your parents get old and they transition, they will no longer be there. Right. Your work can come and go. They can fire you for no reason. You live in Pennsylvania, it's an at will. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. <laughs> you can go. But if you do it correctly, your 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 mate, your spouse, will be there the, for a lifetime. Right. And so, you know, when you put things in, in priority, it, it's, not, it's not a negative to say that you put your spouse before your children. I mean, for the most part, if you, well, if you did it correctly, in order rather, your spouse would come before <laughs> the kids anyway. If this you did no it like us. This is not our story anyway. <laughs> but, you know, so, so it's, it's. It's what God brought together. And yeah. it's, you know, what God put together, let no man put a center. 
that includes all of those things all and anything those. else that was not mentioned. Right. So, you know, it's really just about making sure that you keep your spouse first. Right. Can I interject real quick? Sure. Along with that. So not only do you keep your spouse first, you let it be known to everybody else that your spouse comes first. Mm. That's a big one. Because I think a lot of times that people behind closed doors will be like, babe, I got you. You're my number one. But to the outside world, it's like, okay, well, maybe my husband, you know, X, Y, and Z, but it's okay. We just won't tell him or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Or like Mm -hmm. even to the kids, like, all right, guys, like, I I really am putting you first, but tell daddy that I'm, you know, putting him first or whatever the case. So, but I think that you have to let it be known to everybody. I mean, we do that, right? Our kids know, like, if mommy and daddy are talking, you, first of all, that's just manners to begin with. But right now, mommy and daddy are talking. So this is mommy and daddy. And they also know that if this is mommy and daddy's time, this is mommy and daddy's time. Like, I love you but you got to go find something else to do. This is mommy and daddy's set time, you know, but I think that it's important for everybody around you to recognize that this is my, this is my A1. This Very is united front. Yeah. This is who we are. It's, it's me and you against the world. Right. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, if people see that they have to respect that. Right. Because it's something that I'm not, I'm not willing to give up. Yeah, you're you know? establishing boundaries. Right. So I always say, and you know you know this, I always say it's God first, family second, but family being husband, children, everybody else that falls in line and, you know, and family, and then business last. I think that's the way to function. But I'm going to let you finish because... I was done. Oh, okay. This right here you didn't want to do? Because that's a really good one too. I thought I was done. I'm not done. (laughs) You're not done. (laughs) Um, So in addition to that, man, I don't know know if that was supposed to go somewhere else. But anyway. I don't know. It's really good to just keep it here. dating your spouse a priority. Right. Um, You you got the best times with your spouse during the dating or courting period. And so you don't want to forget or neglect that. Right. Um, Yes, life will throw everything at you and be vying for, you know, the number one spot, but you have to be able to put things in proper order. Um, In fact, it's something that I heard about before, but um, Chrissy actually said it recently about, you know, the the stones, um, the large stones, medium stones, and small stones, and trying to put them in a jar. You can put them all in a jar, but if you try to put all of the small stones in first and then the large stones or the medium stones it won't work if you try to put the medium stones in then the the big stones and the small stones it won't work but you put the 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 big stones in first and then this the medium-sized stones because then they'll settle in where there's space and then lastly the small stones that's how you'll get it all in so when you make god a priority when you make your marriage a priority you know everything else falls in line Right. Children will see what a healthy, happy marriage looks like. Um, they will know the boundaries and know how to maneuver within the household. They right. will, you know, um, know what to look in in a spouse by mommy taking her her post and and daddy taking her, his post. 
So, you know, when things are put in prior in, in proper priority, then, you know, things just naturally work out. Right. I agree with you on that one. Um, I definitely think too. It's a lot of alliteration. It was, but it was good. I can't even do that. I would have just fumbled all over myself. But I think even in dating your spouse and making that a priority, um, dating can look completely different for each, you know, but I think even when you are dating your spouse, get dressed up, you know, do the things that you did when you were dating, like, get dressed up, do the things that you were date that you were doing when you were dating, you know, really have fun and mm-hmm. pretend like you're dating. Right. You can even like, cause your spouse is your boyfriend. It's your girlfriend. It's, you know, so have fun and really enjoy yourselves. Um, but for me is, um, one of the things, so another thing I would tell myself, I guess, would be to be prepared to deal with your past. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying about learning about yourself. Um, but be prepared to really deal with your past. Um, that was something that I just never thought I was, I thought I was just going to be able to leave it and forget it and kind of just <laughs> walk into this new, like, oh, okay, well that was cool. But now here's my newness. We got married. This is my new life, but you can unintentionally bring your past into your marriage if you don't deal with it. Mm. Um, And it's not like all of a sudden you're going to get married and everything's going to come out, right? Mm -hmm. Again, we're in year seven and I'm still learning things about myself or why do I do certain things or Mm -hmm. habits and behaviors that I have as a result of things that happened in my past. Um, And so trying to navigate that space, correct things, you know, challenge myself to new ideas and things like that. Um, but again, yeah, you'll have to be able to deal with your past in order to create a new future with your spouse. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. So the fourth thing that I would tell the younger version of myself about marriage is to make sure to make time for yourself and to take care of yourself. Um, It is really easy to get lost in marriage, in kids, in work, and trying to keep things together, and daily household duties. But you will be a better you if you take care of yourself, do things that you like. Um, For me, I work two jobs, and so there's little free time to begin with but if you can imagine being tired and then still having the responsibility to take care of your wife and then your kids and then the house and bills and all of the serious things but not take time and 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 do things for yourself and to to do things that make you happy that bring you joy that you're going to burn yourself out and if you're not happy with yourself you're not going to do things to bring joy to your to your wife or your husband or your kids you just won't be the 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 best best you you. right and um you know everybody has their days but it's another thing to be in a funk because you're just not doing things that help you out and you know like for me i would i i I like poetry. I like to sing. I like to um, go 
shooting at the range, I like to, um, uh, what else? What else? Do you like, like to play to pool? I love to play pool. Yeah. So like, those are things that, you know, once the world opens up, I mean, some things I can do now, but there are right. other things that, you know, I would like to do, but I'll be able to do once the world opens back up. Cause I, I don't, I don't trust. We don't trust the world. We right don't now. trust the world right now. <laughs> but, um, when things get better, I'll say. Right. Um, and you do that. But the second part of that was to take care of yourself, which is eating right and exercising. I think that, those are good ones. The underbelly of, of this is, is balance. Um, we all like to eat well. And by eat well, we mean like the things that we like to eat. Eat the things that we like to eat. Eat the things that take, taste really taste good to us. Good. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, you need to do those things um, in moderation. And it's very important to eat healthy, drink lots of water, exercise, because what you do um, now will impact your future. So um, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah, that's a really good one. Take care of yourself and make time for yourself. Um Mine, actually, <laughs> we just talked about it. I, I said to be prepared to choose your partner first before everyone. So I don't even know if we really need to go into detail about it because we, we literally just talked about it. But I think what you had just said, though, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about it. And um, that's definitely something I would tell myself, too, because I just thought, oh, we just do everything together. But you can definitely lose yourself. Mm -hmm. Um and to lose yourself is not beneficial to your family at all. You are yeah. married. You're, you know, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. But I also am Kisa. And God gave me specific things that he would like me to do as Kisa. And the same thing for you. And I think, you know, even over these last couple of years, this has really been the first year that we're allowing ourselves to venture out and be individuals, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Um and that's not a bad thing, but it's just recognizing that, wait a second, there's a specific gift that God called you to do. And you need to do that because in not doing that, you're being disobedient to him, which we don't want to be that, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to make sure we're in full alignment with God, we are giving ourselves grace, really, and allowing the other person to venture out. But I think that also comes with the season in your life, too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things that we're able to do now. Um, in terms of for ourselves and to better ourselves right. that a year or two ago, we couldn't do that because of babies, because of all the other things. So, yeah. So it's back to me. It is back to you because look at us. We are so one. I'm so proud of <laughs> us. <laughs> so number five, the fifth thing that I would tell the younger version of myself is that every battle does not have to be fought. Mm. Um, there's a line that I have in a poem that I wrote that's still not finished. You're going to finish it. I, will. I believe in you. Is that um, there is no beauty in war when the fire is friendly. And what I mean by that is um, you know, war is ugly to begin with, but on the other side of that 
is a beauty and freedom for something, for a people, for for whatever, unless you're just a conquering nation and you're just trying to take over the world. <laughs> but, you know, it it's when the fires, friendly fires, when, you know, you shoot somebody who is on your own team, another soldier. Um, and we are, we're one, we're on the same team. Right. And so there are things that we have to discuss. There are things that we need to, that we might even have intense fellowship over, but not everything is important to, to, you know, be dying on a hill for Right, like, right. It's just like, you just have to choose what things choose are worthwhile. Wisely. Yeah. Yeah. What things are worthwhile? What things actually matter? What things will you tomorrow think about and be like, man, that was stupid. Right. That was silly. <laughs> if it's, if it's silly, if it's something that you know that you like, let it go, right. let it go. Like, don't let it be a thing. I mean, I'm even thinking about um, when we were preparing for our wedding day and, and arguing about colors. Like, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Right. Because then... You cared. I did care about the others, but to think about it, fine, though, like... But did I care? Did I care as much as you cared? I don't think And you honestly, did. the answer was no. <laughs> it was just one of those things that, even though I wanted input, it wasn't... And, it wasn't as important for me to have say in that. Right. That's a good one. I think I had some more for that. Okay, yes. yes okay, you so do. every yes, battle do. does not have to be fought. Now with that, if if you if you've gone to fist the cuffs, if you've gone <laughs> if, if 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 you um are engaged in intense uh fellowship, if you are wrong, learn or even how if you're right. But you're being petty. No, I'm not there yet. Oh. Learn how to give a real apology. How to, I'm sorry, and that's it. A little kid apology. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You need, to, if you stood on something and you were wrong, or you knew you were wrong beforehand or whatever, you need to be an adult and, and, and man or woman that thing up. You know, it needs to be an I apologize for, and you need to explain what that thing is that you're <laughs> explaining for. I feel like this is what we teach our kids. I'm sorry is not a real apology. You need to say, I apologize and tell me exactly what you're apologizing mm -hmm. for. So I know and you know. <laughs> and then, you know, brownie points. Next time, this is what I'll do. Or, you know, say something that lets you know that not only are you genuinely, you know, apologetic or sorry for whatever you did, but that you are working, that you have a plan for next time, that right. you will, you know, do something differently. And please forgive me. These things are easy, but they're really, really difficult. In, in the moment. In, yeah, in yeah the moment. and when you have to practice them, right? So um, there's that, but then there's also the other end of it, which is to forgive because just as wrong as you are this day, the next time it will be required of you. And right. so it's one of those things that requires a mutual exchange of, um, humility and grace. Right. Um, you have to be able to make amends and to ask for forgiveness. And you have to be willing to accept that and to move on and love regardless. Right. Yeah, those are both really, really good. Well, I guess all of it together was really good. Mine is be prepared for life to throw you major curveballs and be able to work through them together. I'd never thought 
especially in our first year, right? First we, year, we would never stop. <laughs> no, our like, entire marriage has been. We literally conquer something, and it's like and a constant. <laughs> it's like looking at an EKG machine. There's, now, granted, you know, on a, that maybe that's not the best example because no. a flat line means you're dead. <laughs> We but like that. there has never been a time <laughs> where things have been smooth. You know what reminds there me been of highs and lows and lows and lows. <laughs> lots of good, lots of bad. It reminds me of any time like when I am giving birth, right? And you're having the contractions. Oh yeah. And it just goes up higher, higher, mm-hmm. higher, then it comes down. You think you get a break, and it's like two seconds high, high, high. Mm-hmm. Then it comes right back down. And that's just how our life, for whatever reason, that's the way that God has designed it. We have now learned to roll with these punches and to laugh and to, you know, hold tighter to each other. Yeah. But because of that, though, I did not think <laughs> growing up that marriage would be that, there'd be that much going on into like in it. Um, I don't think anybody can prepare, even us. There's nothing. There was no amount of... Um, not therapy, but counseling. There was no amount of conversations with other people who had been married. That this, These are really true life lessons, right? That we have to go through and with each other. Yeah, there was nothing that anybody could have prepared us for. Like getting pregnant and having a baby. Like, you know, what was it? Six weeks that I had to live in the hospital. Yeah. And we literally had to abandon. I mean, that's the one time in our lives where we had zero bills other than... <laughs> Like whatever the rent was, because we literally were not living in our house. Yeah. We slept in a hospital for six weeks and having to navigate that there's nothing that anybody could have prepared us for, for that. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's things like that, but we had to learn how to do it together. Um, and I think that's something that's very important is that you can't, life can't throw something at you. And then I'm going to figure out how to handle it this way. You figure out how to handle it this way. And we try to get on the other side. But if we don't do it together, we're not going to get on the other side, right? We're just going to create more chaos to whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. So that's just something I would definitely tell myself is to, girl, life is going to get real crazy, but make sure you hold on tighter. Yeah. And And do that together. I think that, you know, one thing that we have to recognize that is um, God is in control of all things that are possible to happen. And so if he allowed it, it was for our good. So we experience, you know, the highs, we experience the good times, we experience the joys, but the lows, the difficulties, the trials, the things that don't feel good mold us and shape us and it shows us how much we need him there are a lot of times that we forget we forget that we need him to help us through things right. I mean, it's all throughout the bible people you know him saving them and then you know they they ride on that high oh we, we were saved and and then they and forget they get real right chill. back to their ways <laughs> and they get complacent right. and then they fall back into you know whatever mess they were into before and so you know even though we we laugh and joke about the highs and lows but it's really helped shape us and to make us stronger um you think about a flower that you know pushes through uh you know and breaks through the 
the outer shell of the seed and, you know, this literally living in manure. <laughs> it goes through this nasty, disgusting thing, but they've, it, it, it finds nourishment from it and it grows and it, it sprouts up and it grows into a beautiful flower. Right. Or strong tree, whatever. Right. Or really yummy fruit. Yeah. Or vegetables. Good stuff. I like that. It is. I'm hungry now. Really? Me too, yeah. actually. When we get finished, we should totally eat. Mm -hmm. We like food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's you, buddy. I think it's you. Oh, yeah. I was talking so long, I forgot. I thought I was already talking. Okay, so... I wish you guys could see us. One day we're going to have to start recording. Because Marcus was totally looking at me like, uh, ma'am, it's your turn next to it. So the sixth thing that I would tell the younger it. version of myself is to learn how to relay love to your spouse. That's one. But then the second part of that is, even if you don't like it, I think that whatever that thing is, um, and we actually kind of had a conversation about it before we started recording. <laughs> Won't give too many details about it, but I'll say that, this. That's not a podcast There's some things that um, you may not like to do, but it shows your, your, your spouse, it shows your wife or your husband that you love them. And so, I mean, going back to, you know, my first thing is that it requires your life. Um, it's one of those things that you do outside of yourself. You do it not because it's something that brings you pleasure, but it's something that brings pleasure to your spouse. That's and so going back to your love languages is really making, it's really making sure that, um, you're studying your spouse and learning their love language because right. even for you and I, it's very, very, I mean, we are vastly different. Like mm -hmm. yours is physical touch and mine is acts of service. Like that couldn't be more <laughs> opposite. Right. Um, but I think in order for us to gel and for our marriage to work is that we have to think outside the box. Yeah. So things that it's really navigating those spaces that don't come natural to you. Yes. I mean, and it also goes back to um, my number two, speaking different languages, in that you still have to learn from a place of deficit. Right. That's something that might you might not like to do, but it also might be something that doesn't come natural to you. And it's something that you might have to learn to do, which comes, you know, from two distinct lives that lived, you know, in a world outside of one another prior to meeting. And so I don't want to say it this way, but understand what I'm saying. To make your spouse complete or whole, you know, you do things that make them feel validated, to make them feel loved, to make them feel appreciated. Um, right. Not that, you know, you complete me. <laughs> so, but you know, if, if you're, you're feeding something, you're, you're right. giving love. Hopefully I was able to clean that up. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I figured it out. Hopefully yeah. everybody yeah. else does. <laughs> these are, these are like the, um, third or fourth definitions down <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to, to, to making 
being whole right. in, a, in a marriage. Right. Yeah. So mine kind of goes along with that, um, is that you have to be dependent on someone else. Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, I think prior to marriage, I was very like, I can do X, Y, and Z. I don't need your help with anything. These are my strong suits and that will get me by. And I had to realize very early on that, yes, I may be great in such and such and such and such, but that doesn't make it so that I don't need help. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think from one example of I love schedules and I love organizing. But prior to you, I would schedule myself into a panic attack Mm -hmm. because if something on my schedule, like, didn't go the way that I planned or, you know, I remember remember I used to schedule like at 1015, we're going to the park and we're going to leave at 230 because we have to be at the ice cream shop by 245. (laughs) There was no room for anything. There was no room for anything. And so... Um, I had to learn and depend on you for you to be like, relax. It's okay to have a schedule, but you also have to live in the moment. You are scheduling your life outside of fun, right? And so I was so busy scheduling everything. I wasn't living and I was missing key moments um, of life and with the kids and things like that because I was so busy trying to figure out what was going to come next or did we stay on task and whatever the case may be. And so again, I had to learn from you to chill out. But with that, I also learned how to enjoy my family. I learned how to be okay in a space where things don't exactly go as planned. I still plan, but I plan with the expectation that this might not turn out the way that I, that I expect it. And that's okay. Um, so I think that uh, when you're getting married, you have to be able to depend on your spouse. And it doesn't even have to be something like helping somebody with organization, right? I We just said it. I had to live in the hospital for six weeks on complete 24-hour bed rest. I could not get out of a bed to do anything. Anything other than use the restroom. Yes. And I had to ask a nurse to do that. Yeah. I couldn't even like go when I wanted to go. I had to ask somebody to help me do that. And so with that, I had to learn how to completely depend on you, not emotional. I mean, both emotionally, but physically too. And so you have to be in a space where you can completely give yourself to the other person that if for whatever reason you need to depend on them, um, you allow yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to allowing people to operate in their strength. Right. Um, there are times where even your strengths can become a, a, a detriment. I won't say a weakness, right. but it will, 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 you know, be a downfall. And you need somebody to, um, you know, shed light on that and to bring you back in and to, because again, it, it goes back to balance. So if you, if you're out of whack, if you're out of balance, something, that one thing will, will, will cause everything else to be unbalanced as well. Right. Communication, uh, joy, happiness, the things that you do, the time that you spend. I mean, just one, 
even with that 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 example of um you know your detailed schedule um I was thinking about the other episode when I was, when you asked me what I called your schedule. Yeah, what did you call my schedule? Um, it was something like it was mad shade that you said. <laughs> I mean, I'm still scheduled in detail, but just not I don't hold so tightly to my schedule. I had it, but the build up to trying to <laughs> lay the foundation <laughs> you for just that, lost it. I lost We're it. We're going to have to like put it in the Facebook page yeah. once we remember, because it's hilarious what it is that you call my schedule. Yeah, but by the time yeah. we get there, it won't even be that funny. It'd be like, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> Did we build it up too much that we're going to have to pretend, we're going to have to like make something up together. Yeah. So it sounds really good. But, but yeah, so I, I think what I was saying is more or less, you know, be in a place where you can be grounded, be leveled, because um, your dominance in scheduling can cripple our ability to have time for us or to have flexibility in the moment that something, you know, goes awry, something gets canceled, something is not able to happen for whatever reason, then you get frantic or whatever. So my laid back, cool as a cucumber <laughs> <laughs> nature helps balance that out. Right. Right. And I think and vice versa too, like, cause when you're depending on your spouse, right. Um, you're depending on them to be your number one cheerleader, right. To be your encourager. It kind of goes in that way too. Like even right now, like you pushed me out to like, all right, the kids are older. Like, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. What do you, <laughs> you can't just use oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and this is what I do, and this is who I am, and this is who I'm always going to be. Like, who are you? What are you going to do? And I think it's the same thing, like, vice versa, right? I was like, okay, go back to, you know, your podcast. Go back to writing your poetry. Like, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to better ourselves? How are we going to better each other? But we're depending on each other to give the other person that motivation to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'd rather depend on you to give me that motivation than just anybody. Yeah, nobody's going to be as invested as right. I Right, right, right. So, the last one. Number seven. Number seven. This is something that I think really rounds off my seven. Yeah. Um, and this actually comes from someone in our church uh brother ken washington and he said that love is not love until it's given away and if you just sit with that and think about what that means you know it's it's christ i mean the word says greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for a friend and how much more close can you be than to your spouse um it's just one of those things that I think really gives proper definition to what love is. I think we all have an idea of what it is, and there are various levels or state, not stages, but types of love. But the love that comes from God and the one that is really required in marriage is agape. And um, with that, there's really no end. I mean, it says love never fails. Right. Um, so, you know, 
it's it's really just about making sure that you're it's about not giving any thought to yourself but making sure that your partner is fulfilled and when it when it is done correctly if you could think of the infinity symbol that's what it does you know it it's always giving and it's always receiving right. there is no deficit there is no um lack right. um it's really about um sharing and expressing how you feel about that person it's nothing that you can keep to yourself it's something that you have to give to them it's something that has you have to give it away i mean there are plenty of examples in the bible you know and i think that um marriage is a microcosm of of um a world in which we demonstrate love I mean, we can go out to the workplace, we can go into different kind of organizations, but, you know, the closest thing that you can get or the most intimate thing, I think, at least for me, is, you know, the relationship that I have with my spouse and the way that I want to show my wife how I feel about her, how much I love her is by giving her my all, giving her everything, right? which means denying myself certain things that would you know give me pleasure or would make me happy but making sure that you know I take care of whatever is going on for her and in return not necessarily expecting a reciprocity but it comes naturally yeah, because we love naturally. one another it's something that's not expected but comes back naturally yeah I would absolutely agree with that one. And my number seven, I'm actually going to switch it um, because as you were talking, it just came to my mind. And I think it, um, I was going to try to use it as my nugget of knowledge, but I think it's too much, too powerful to use it for that. Um, but it would be to make sure that you are your spouse's number one in terms of bringing them before God. Um, so when I say that, I mean make sure that you are praying for yourself or you, for your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are covering your spouse. Make sure that you are studying. Mm -hmm. um, make sure you're doing all the things um, in whatever season or whatever situation it is for your spouse, right? Because you can do like no other, right? Their mama can pray for them. Their daddy can pray for them. You know, the kids can pray for you, but I truly believe that there's nothing like a prayer from your wife or from your husband hmm. um, before God. And something that we've been talking about a lot um, in our church community is the power of prayer and how, and that's been such, you know, an amazing feeling yeah. and something that's really been on my heart is that to bring somebody before God in prayer is the ultimate sign of love for that person, right? Because you are really giving your all, you are giving everything before God for this person and whatever it is that they're going through um, and their situations and stuff like that. So to bring somebody before God in prayer, like that's not a light thing. That's a that's it's the a, greatest gift, right? It's the greatest gift that you can give a person. And so, um, for me, one of the things that 
you know, I would definitely tell my younger self is it's not going to be a matter of like, oh, God, protect my husband. Like I'm truly bringing you whatever you're going through, whatever it is. And it doesn't even have to be anything bad. You know what I mean? Like I'm praying into your future. I'm praying into whatever God has for your life, for your will, for whatever the case may be. And I think for me, that's the, and I believe that's the same for you too, but that's the greatest gift that I can give you. Right. So that would be my number seven. Nice. Since you talked about the nugget of knowledge, I'm going to kick it right back over to you. All right. Tsunami is my number seven. Yeah. (laughs) Already prepared. That's my (laughs) nugget of knowledge. Um, So this week, my nugget of knowledge is can we we might have to change it because you see how I am has got like tongue twisted in that it was a lot going on <laughs> but it would be to be prepared for your marriage to go through seasons and changes and by that I mean um, what year one looks like is not going to be the same in year five it's not going to be the same in year ten you know we just spoke to a couple today where they're in year forty. And what it looked like for them for year one is completely different than year 40. Um, we have people all around us who everybody's at a different season, you right? And so you have to be prepared that on the day that you say I do, don't expect that to look exactly the same as even at the end of year one. Um, but be willing to grow and to mature and to develop and to evolve. Because just because what you started off with isn't where you are now doesn't make your marriage any less than it's just that it's evolving it's growing it's maturing and it's becoming better yeah i had a nugget of knowledge and i just lost it oh no yeah. you're losing all the stuff today I'm telling you. <laughs> but you got something good though. i will I know say this um and this goes this goes to um, what we were talking about earlier um, in terms of speaking different languages. Um, no matter what the situation is, you can make a good time out of it. Right. So if you you know were involved in like. Um, intense fellowship with, might I say, I don't think I've ever given credit where that came from. I got that from my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought it was hilarious, but it works. It very true and it works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. But to um, make make moments with each other. So whether it's a, a good, you know, experience or a bad experience or whatever, like make it something memorable. Because at some point you're going to recall the story, you're going to retell the story, and it should always—I think it should always have a positive spin on it. Right. It should always end well. Um, you know, I think back when we got lost <laughs> on our honeymoon. Oh my gosh! I mean, at the time it wasn't that funny, but it was hilarious. We laughed about it by the end of the I night. I was going to say by the end of the night it was hilarious. Or, or you know, working on your your paper at the end of the night. Oh, that's one of my favorite pictures it ever. It is yeah. one of your favorite. But do you see the look on my face? <laughs> you look so distraught. We have to paste that. Or we have to put that in the in the group. We have to paste it. Paste it. Yeah. <laughs> we have to put it in the group. <laughs> and, and so you see what my face looked like. It was defeat. It was, it was exhaustion. It was a bit of anger. 
you were definitely exhausted. Remember, because we had left. At, oh yeah, like, listen. I had, what time did we like leave? No like sleep. five o'clock in the morning. Four. Right. We fell asleep on the on the plane, and that was the only sleep Actually, we got. No. It might have been three. I want to say it was like because three. Because yeah. we had to be there by four, I think. Yeah, I think our flight left at like five or something crazy. Something like that. But like we, the only time we had slept that day was on the plane, and this is like the day after our wedding, and here we are. It was like nine or ten o'clock at night or something crazy like that, and I was trying to submit this work, and you. <laughs> sitting there and I remember we were in the lobby too we weren't even in our room like because we needed I don't was it wipe I don't know what it was that it was wi-fi. There yeah wasn't, there, there was wasn't wi-fi, wi-fi in the room. oh my gosh we're like dating ourselves that places didn't have wi-fi in rooms at this time that's a whole lot yeah. in technology so anyway Make sure that you are able to laugh with your spouse right. that you're able to make light of the situation and right. have fun just have fun and have, have fun. fun in front of your kids too don't yeah, make things serious all the time. Like our kids definitely. know, like, oh, mommy and daddy really, not that we, it, it's it's intentional, but not really because it's just organic. Mm-hmm. But our kids know that we will laugh and joke and just be silly around each other. Things don't always have to be so serious. It's a good episode. I liked it. I did too. Have I had fun. a lot of fun. I would give you a high five, but we've made enough bumping and thumping noise. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't come through. <laughs> and if it does, we apologize. I don't know what was going on today. It was just... My hands kept smacking the table. My ring, my, my watch. ring, my watch yeah. vibe too. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Anyway, well, we've had fun this episode, and we would really like to hear your response to today's episode. Um, with experience, I believe comes knowledge and wisdom, and we were given in the beginning of our relationship many decades worth of advice that came from our pastor mentors and people who love and support us. Um, And what we're trying to build here at Hughes of Love is a community. So as a community, we see the value in sharing the things that we've learned and things that were given to us. Uh, When we love others, we show them with our words, we show them with our actions and with what we can do to help them. So remember, love isn't love until it's given away. So To comment, go to our Facebook page, Hughes of Love, and tell us what things you would have told your younger selves. Um, Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and thank you for listening. So until next time, keep keep on on loving. loving.